all glare and frustration. She knows this is what he does when he doesn't want to talk about something, when his mind takes one of its frequent detours into the past. The country she left behind so long ago still lays its claim on Nigos. In the melody to a song, in the smell of a campfire, in the red-soaked sunset on a certain November day, he will be reminded, and the whole weight of years will collapse down upon him. It's best to leave him alone when he gets like this. She can only be another reminder. He watches her clean the sink. The dishes are done and piled up high. The floor is swept, apart from a few spilled drops of orange juice. The town is quiet. Only the sound of birds and cicadas, the pull and crash of the sea, wind fluttering the leaves. These are moments he wishes would last forever, but there are fewer of them every year. The smash of breaking glass rips him from his thoughts. I'm sorry, she whispers. It just gave me a fright. He gets up, carefully navigating around the scattered slivers of glass, like teardrops spotting the floor. What did? But before she can answer... He sees the cause of her fear. He's staring down into the sink. It is empty apart from two orange centipedes rising from the plug hole. Their antennae twist and flicker in the air. They turn towards Nigos and twitch. It's this last movement that makes him step back. Murders, bodies and bruises he's fine with. The crescent-shaped scar made by a dagger the shadow of fingers on a broken neck. These are his day-to-day, but insects and crawling things he's never been good with. He stares at the shiny torsos, the twirling legs and black eyes. He watches as the centipedes crawl out of the drain and slither across the bottom of the sink, their legs like tiny hairs, black against the white porcelain. Don't worry, I'll deal with it. He nods, aware of how neatly she phrases things. Not saying, I know you're scared of them, I know how much they make you squirm, just telling him it'll be okay by the time he gets home. God, they're huge. He's transfixed. As you only are by the things which scare you. He watches them scale the walls of the sink, their movements so precise and efficient, like strings of miniature soldiers. Go, she says, you've got a big day ahead of you, and I want you all fresh when you come back for dinner. He pulls his gaze away from the sink. He can still hear the scrape of their legs against the ceramic. They sound like a thousand tiny screams. I thought we agreed no surprises. Making you dinner is a surprise now? She smiles but doesn't turn her head all the way towards him. She's watching the centipedes, her fingers tapping against her leg. He kisses her lips. She pulls away, her breath heavy and dry. Later, she says, placing her finger against his mouth, like a full stop only he's meant to hear. It takes him ten minutes to walk to the police station. It's his favourite time of day. The tourists all asleep, the clubs and bars shut, the ferries still an hour away. 
It could almost be forty years ago. It could almost be the island he remembers. He stops for coffee. He stops to chat to the old men in the taverna. They tell him stories about what their wives said to them the night before, the trouble their kids have got into, the antics of the crazy tourists. He sips his coffee and nods. It's a small island, and he needs to be as much priest or counsellor as policeman. Then it's a breakfast of Gurabiedes, those sugar-dusted cookies that his wife's banned him from eating in the house, more for the mess they make than the damage they'll do to his heart. They taste of his childhood, of his father going out on Sunday morning and coming back, a tower of white boxes from the bakery in his hands. She always knows when he's been eating them. There's sugar dust.